0: Happy Memorial Day weekend. It surely is good to see you and welcome to the party we have here at Amazing Love. And I want to know, has anyone heard of these classified documents that are being declassified that the CIA is sharing? The CIA declassified documents, you haven't heard about this? Well, let me share with you a little bit. Um, they are releasing statements about things like UFOs, that there were unidentified flying objects and the CIA was investigating at one time. There was a program called Stargate was top secret program where they're exploring the psychic abilities of people to see if they could use those abilities for something good reminds me of x men and professor x right uh, they're releasing things about what happened during the cold war and a possible assassination plot against fidel castro and maybe interesting to some of you if you've ever been to texas the john f kennedy assassination And if you've ever been around that area, there's conspiracies around it, and they're releasing these documents about what was actually happening. We're still waiting on all of the release. I guess it's a national security threat if they would release everything about that story. Kind of interesting. All right. Well, the reason I bring this up is because, do you know, you and I have classified information. We call them secrets. And there are things that we don't want to share with others. There are things we're reluctant to to bring out, to, to declassify. But today, we're going to do some heavy lifting. And you don't have to publish these things on the internet. In fact, I would say don't do that. And you don't have to, again, even share it with a friend. But today, we need to do some heavy lifting when it comes to our hearts and declassify some stuff. And and, and what should we declassify? Well, not UFO information, unless you have one of those. But we want to be real with the ways that the devil has gotten to us. To be real with what we call the sinful nature. To be real with the deeds of darkness. For some of us, it's being real with what we do late at night, maybe on the computer. For others of us, it might be how we spend what truly is God's money. Maybe some, you have to look at, at what you eat or what you drink. Maybe others, how you use your words or speak about or treat your spouse or someone that you love. We need to declassify some information today. Sound okay? No one's left yet, so we locked the doors anyway, so you can't. Anyway. And here's the reason this is such an important thing to do. We're in a series called Awakenings, and, and, and welcome if you're just joining us, but we sincerely want for, for God to take us from a place where maybe we're struggling to a place where we feel spiritually strong. And what I believe in this relationship, if we're truly going to be spiritually strong, that that cannot happen without coming clean. That that cannot happen with, without what we call repentance. And, and so something that I believe, you can't be close with God without coming clean. And today we talk about repentance. I love teaching on the three parts of repentance. Um, Let me teach you just real quick about the three parts of repentance. Number one, it is feeling sorrow over sin. It is recognizing I have done something wrong. Number two is the reason I'm a pastor and the reason I'm here. It's trusting we have forgiveness through Jesus. This isn't about a guilt trip. This is about being built up through the full and free forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And number three, we'll also talk about a little bit today, is the fact that we want nothing to do with what we just confessed. We want to change if the Spirit would so help us. And this, I believe, the Spirit can help us to do. So welcome again to this series called Awakenings. We're going to turn to the Word of God, and uh, we're, we're studying the story on Pentecost. If you were here last week, we, we saw how the Spirit was poured out on Pentecost, and how the disciples became witnesses, how they were speaking about Jesus. Last week, we discussed how we should be noisy for the name of Jesus. That if the Spirit is in us, people should be around us, always hearing this constant beat of Jesus, 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 like an EDM beat. If you were here last week, that makes sense. But anyway, um, so so we should be noisy for the name of Jesus. Well, today we we get to take a look at at Peter's sermon after, again, the Spirit was poured out. And we're going to see what he tells us. And the crux of it is about coming clean. The crux of it, the meat of it, was about being real with God that we could find forgiveness and peace through Him. Ready to dig in? So follow along either in your worship folders or on the screen today, Uh, whatever works for you. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2. Here it says, this was Peter's sermon. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through Him, as you yourselves know This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. I love a God who's even in control when it doesn't look like he's in control. Anyway, and you, with the help of wicked men, you put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we're all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, and he has poured out on you now what you see and hear. The Spirit came on Pentecost, poured out in a powerful way. We still live in that Pentecost era where the Spirit is being poured out on you and me. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And the people heard this. They were cut to the heart. They said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, can you say this word with me? Repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation, and those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. This is the word of God. 3,000 added. How awesome it would be if, if God used this place, Amazing Love, so that 3,000 would be added to the kingdom. May, may God so bless us and use us as he continues to roll. But, but now, uh, as we dig into the word of God, could you turn to the person next to you and tell them, it's okay to declassify. It's okay to declassify. Come clean. You <laughs> know, I was kind of laughing to myself about, you know, what kind of Sunday this is, um, especially if you're visiting. Because I grew up in a church where they had friendship Sundays. Do you remember them? Anyone have friendship Sundays? And everyone gear up for that one Sunday a month where you bring your friend and maybe you had some extra food and it was, you know, really, you know, a touchy-feely gospel sharing. And this Sunday, it kind of reminds me, like, if you invited someone, hey, you want to come with me to, like, Bear Your Soul Sunday? So it was like, welcome to Bear Your Soul Sunday. Isn't this just a great place to be, right? Bear Your Soul Sunday. And the reason I think of this is because repentance, what we're talking about, it's really hard. Like, this is not the easy work. This is the heavy lifting. And I I consider this even as I was reading from C.S. Lewis. Maybe you've heard of him, a Christian author. Here's what he had to say about repentance. He said, Now, repentance is no fun at all. Welcome, Memorial Day weekend. Anyway. It is something much harder than eating humble pie. It means unlearning all the self-conceit and self-will that we've been training ourselves into for thousands of years. For God to work today, we got to do some heavy lifting, and it is a little bit hard. And because I recognize that, and because as a pastor, I want you to have the joy of the Spirit, I wanted to give you two carrots. Hold out two carrots in front of you. Why, if you do this hard work of coming clean, it will go well for you. Are you ready? So I want to bring some positivity. Why, if you do this, two things that can happen if you come clean to the Lord. Now, the first character to talk about it, I need to talk a little bit about vampires. Anyone like studying about vampires? Anyone read this uh, story, Dracula? Anyone? Anyone? I never read it, but I know the story. Okay. Uh, Maybe some of you are more familiar with an old movie now, um, Twilight, and no, we did not name our child Bella after that Bella. Didn't happen. She came first. Anyway. And we consider vampires, and what don't vampires like? Well, we know they don't like garlic. We know that a steak through the heart will kill them, but what else will kill a vampire? Anyone know? Sunlight, absolutely, which we have plenty of. No vampires are living Memorial Day weekend here. Um, right, sunlight will lead to their decay. This was best pictured in the Minions movie. If you watch the Minions movie and they're looking for different followers, you know, people to to go after Tyrannosaurus Rex and they found Dracula and they had a birthday party, 357. They opened it and he died. Anyway, um, The reason I bring up vampires is because what I believe we all struggle with as Christians, if you've been walking with him for a while, is we all have, and we don't want to speak about it, vampire sins. Now let me define vampire sins. They're the sins that live in the dark. And by dark, I don't just mean late at night. By dark, I mean it's the things that we don't want to talk about. The things we do that we only know we do, the things that we'd like to keep, classified, top-secret information. We have vampire sins, and the problem with vampire sins is that they wreak havoc in our lives. Just like a vampire, they suck the blood from our spiritual life, and and they don't lead us to places of spiritual strength because we're not bringing them out into the light. And so you know one of the benefits of coming clean today, the carrot before you, if you bring out a vampire sin into the light, guess what can happen? It can die. And one of the things I love this church to be a part of is killing off vampire sins. You want to be a part of that? Killing off and letting them die so that we can make progress in the spirit, so that maybe we'll never be made perfect, but we can make progress as we kill off those vampire spirit sins. I was considering from the book of 1 John. 1 John, it tells us about this, about living in light and darkness. Look, Look at this passage. It says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. If we claim to be without sin, we're living in darkness. It doesn't work. But if we confess our sins, if we bring it to the light, He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we tell God what happened, His response is forgiveness. And that kills our vampire sins. So the first thing to believe. In this series, we've been creating a believe list. Not a to-do list, but a believe list. Things to sink deep into our souls. And this first believe is this. That believe that coming clean can kill vampire sins. Coming clean can kill vampire sins. In fact, you know, I am part of a community that does this regularly. See, as a pastor, I'm part of a, a coaching network with other pastors. And we are accustomed to coming clean regularly. Now, pastors and transparency, we don't confess things that would limit us from serving in public ministry. But but are are pastors perfect people? No, they're not at all. We're just regular dudes. And and so what we do is we are transparent with what is going on. And what I have seen as I just got back from a conference uh, five years into this network is the changes God is bringing. I see pastors making progress when it comes to handling their body. And the foods they should eat and how they're working out. All because they're willing to be transparent, bring it to the light, what they're actually eating and how that's going and if they're working out. I've seen pastors grow in their emotional health as they talk about all the ways that they're maybe not dealing with things well. As they're they're accustomed to stinking thinking as well and, and how they talk about it and they hear other brothers saying, well, here's the truth that you need to hear. Not only that, but I've felt progress in myself. When you are willing to be transparent and open and confess in Christian community to brothers who can share grace with you but also accountability with you, brothers and sisters, man, we can kill some vampire sins. So that's the first carrot. And the other carrot is joy, is true help, is the knowledge of a father that is so good I wouldn't want to do anything that would hurt him anyway. It is the knowledge of a, of a father so tender that we have his heart? Let's talk about this next carrot. I, I consider um, Alcoholics Anonymous." And maybe there are some who are familiar with this 12-step program. And the first of the 12 steps is this: is that we admit we are powerless. And maybe you know someone who needed an intervention, and you know you can't help someone else. They have to help themselves. That unless they come to this precipice of, 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 first of all, self-knowledge, I need help, nothing's going to change. And so it's this admission that we are powerless. Another picture for this is basically, let's say you're falling, and it's grabbing out a hand. And it's only first when we grab for a hand that another hand can help us up, can lift us up. You know, for this, I consider the story of King David. Remember his thing? David thought that he had some classified information, but the Holy Spirit declassified it to a prophet named Nathan. And David was convicted of, of committing adultery and also murdering um, the husband of Bathsheba named Uriah. And as this was coming out into the open, David wrote a psalm about his experience Psalm 51. And here's what David says. He said, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Basically, David is holding out his hand, saying, again, you show mercy. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. What is great about God is that Jesus did restore the joy of salvation to David. God did restore him as his child. And so if you want to be restored in joy, if you want true help, then this, this next point, believe that coming clean is the only way to have that restoration. You can't be helped if you're not holding out your hand. You're going to stay put maybe in shame, maybe in guilt, maybe in fear, until you get to that point where you finally again reach out and say, God, I need you. So those are the carrots. The joy of salvation Killing off vampire sins, but now let's talk about what do we have to come clean about? I consider this last year and all the scandals that were revealed. Maybe you've seen them too: Bill Cosby, who was recently convicted of doing some pretty bad things; Harvey Weinstein, who is entering court and seems like he's going to have a pretty bad day in court; or Larry Nassar. You remember hearing about him, the women's gymnastics um, physician. And I consider of all these scandals and and all the feelings that it would evoke in people. One of the pictures that stood out in my mind is when Larry Nassar was in court and and what one father felt against what he had done. I don't know if anyone else saw this picture. So a father who had three victims because of Larry Nassar, and there's Larry Nassar, and and this feeling of Papa Bear coming upon him because of the awful things that he had done. That, That was quite the scandal. Maybe if you've ever had a mama bear or papa bear moment, you know what that would feel like. You know about the injustices over your children and how that would make you feel. The reason I bring this up is because as Peter preaches on Pentecost, he is revealing a scandal that is bigger than this. As he is preaching to those people, he is saying, you've done something worse than Larry Nassar. In fact, in the middle portion of it, look look what he said. As we get into the lesson, it said, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. He's basically saying, you know, Jesus, the one who rose Lazarus, and Lazarus could have been in the crowd there, you know, the one who did that, the one who opened the eyes of the blind, the one who fed 5,000, and maybe there are some who fed 5,000. This Jesus, the beloved Son of God, was it say? You put him to death. God's promised heir, the Messiah. You killed the Son of the Most High God. Talk about a scandal. They were among those who who at one point were yelling crucify um, and, and now were being judged. You again killed this author of life. But the sermon doesn't end there. And neither does ours. The point of revealing this once classified information of revealing, cutting them to the core, is so that he could give them the help that God offers. As they were cut to the core, they asked, so what should we do? And, And Peter's response was this, repent, come clean, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for, can you say this next part with me, for the forgiveness of your sins. And it's absolutely crazy That the Most High God would be so good as to forgive the sin of the killing of His Son. What kind of God is this? If someone had done something to my child, I would struggle even to put up with them. But the Most High God on this day of Pentecost says, You brutally tortured, crucified my Son. You were part of it, and yet, I've forgiven you. And yet, you have the right to be part of my family. You have the right to peace and forgiveness. And this is then what I believe. I believe that if God can forgive those who killed his son, he can forgive anything. And, and what this means is that you might be coming to Amazing Love, and you didn't want to come to Bear Your Soul Sunday, but we're talking about it. And you're like, well, well God probably He forgives those other you know, bland sins, like you know, the little white lies. But, Pastor, you don't even know what I did. I don't need to know, but God does. And guess what? Forgiven. Guess what? Wiped clean. Guess what? A right standing. That is exactly why Jesus came. Not because we'd get it right, but because we'd get it wrong. And He's perfect in our place, and He dies our death on the cross so that we could know the joy of salvation. And so, dear friends, I prompt you come clean doesn't have to be to me. It can be if you want. But come clean to God. Tell him and know that you will hear the response of forgiven. You know, this whole idea of coming clean, it reminds me of one time where I had to come clean. It was a couple years back where I rented a car from Enterprise. I don't ever rent a car where my car enters. And you're already afraid because when you sign the dotted line, they tell you of all the coverages that you need. You know, because if you break this $20,000 car, you're going to go to jail or, you know, uh, go bankrupt paying for this car. And so I sign it, and I don't think much of it. I don't get the added coverage because my credit card has coverage. Okay. Yeah. And I'm driving in the streets of Atlanta. It's a beautiful car. Impala, nice chrome rims. I think I got an upgrade. But, but whenever you're driving somewhere, you don't exactly know where to go. And, and I had to pull a UE. And I pulled a U.E. pretty fast, and I didn't estimate how much road I actually had. And what I ended up doing is I scraped the chrome rim against the curb. Now, for me, as a chrome rim guy, I was, I was pretty bummed. But, but more than what I did to that car was thinking about turning it in. Because now, as you know, if you've ever been there, they're going to check it all over. They know the dimples. They know the scratches. They know what it should be. And so, as I pull into there and then we're going to this, I am just sweating. I am just wondering what is going to happen. And so, I get there and they pull out the sheet and they're going to come to the rim. And they don't say anything. And I feel really good. And I start walking away because they let me. They let me off the hook. The only problem was my conscience did not. I kept thinking, what if this was my buddy's car, right? i don't want to tell my buddies, so I know it's a company. So I have to go back. And I am just dreading what they might tell you. I am dreading, yes, it is $20,000 for one chrome rim. I am dreading just the worst case scenario. In fact, like, I'm a little sweaty and jittery. I'm embarrassed telling you how bad it was for me to go back there. And when I get back, find the agent, tell him this is what I did. I don't know if you saw it, but the chrome was scratched. And the response Yeah, I saw it, but it's covered. You're good to go. And the relief, oh, my goodness. You knew it all along, but it's covered. Dear friends, how much better is in our God? You're missing out on something if you don't come clean, because what you will hear from God is, you know what? (laughs) I knew it all along. But you see, I had it covered. I had it covered because my son and his precious blood, it covers over every sin. It is the insurance policy. It is the coverage over every evil deed. There is nothing too dark that cannot be forgiven. Don't you know it's covered? I knew it anyway. And the spring and the step that the Spirit can give us the people of God, if we just come before him, admit that we need help, We can be restored to full and free forgiveness, be known as his child. That's our opportunity. You know, God gave something else in this message. Not only the knowledge of forgiveness, but he gave us something to change our mind. And repentance really is just talking about how do we change our mind. And what he gave us to change our mind was this gift that we call baptism. I want to talk about this a little bit. Um, Have you ever needed to change the mind of a child or of a spouse And if you ever had to, maybe you use bribery. And at the Bloomer household, we are okay bribing our children. And so sometimes you need help with a chore and you say, if you help me, then we'll get ice cream. And they help clean up the kitchen. Or maybe you bribe them and you say, if you go to Aldi with me, if you go to Target with me, then you can pick something out. I just need company. Right now, I am holding the carrot before Nadia is a trampoline, and I'm pretty sure if I would buy her a trampoline, I could get her to sign a document that says, I will not date till I'm 35. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that will change her mind right now. A little Esau action, if you know that story, but I'm, nope, that's okay with me. Sign the deadline. It's amazing how God can give us things that will change our mind. And the Spirit is one of those things that can change our mind to convince us there is freedom found in coming clean. But then there's this tremendous gift called baptism that if you have not had, talk about the power of God to change your mind. When Peter said repent, he not only said repent, but be baptized, and what is baptism? In Titus chapter 3, it says it's a washing of rebirth and renewal. So for some of you who are wondering, how do I even get there? I would say, be baptized. You can be reborn by the Spirit and the power of God. And for others of you who might already know Jesus, why be baptized? It can be a renewal. I love a good God who not only says repent, but then gives us the power to do so through baptism and the Spirit. And so another believe statement. Believe that in baptism, God changes your mind by changing your soul. That's the power of God. And for some of you who've already been baptized, remember your baptism. That there you again were washed clean. There again God called you to his family. You stand in grace. And when we're in the family of God, we can start changing our mind around all sorts of things. God, I don't want to leave you. God, I don't want to harm you because your ways are good. You are that good. It changes our mind. Believe again in baptism. But a final thing before we go, and that is how often we are to do this. Because not every Sunday can be a Barrier Soul Sunday. How often we are to do this. I consider the reformer Martin Luther, and we just celebrated the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. And he nailed the 95 theses on the castle church door in Wittenberg, Germany. And of that first thesis, the the tip of the spear as far as changing the world and reforming the world was all about what we're talking about today. Here's what Luther said in his first theses. When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he intended that the entire life of believers should be one of repentance. How often are we to come clean? This doesn't make good English, but it makes good theology. Becoming clean regularly. That maybe you end your night and you say, Lord, this is what I did. I trust, though, that I'm forgiven and give me the spirit to take it up a notch. And maybe you get in a community with believers and you tell a believer, not a judger, not someone holier than thou, that's not what I'm talking about, but someone who knows grace, who says you're forgiven and can keep you accountable. You're forgiven, but let's go again. You know, it kind of reminds me of power washing the fence. Anyone doing house projects this Memorial Day weekend? I know it, I know it. And I just got done power washing the fence. Felt like a Ghostbuster. And I got it so clean. I got it so clean. I took some wood off, but that's okay. I got it so clean. But you know how long it takes for the birds to make it dirty? Those beautiful singing birds doesn't take longer than a day for all of my posts to be covered with white stuff. I want to do this to them. Anyway. Well, if that's what happens to our fence, think of what happens again to our soul. How long does it take for for, for the the dirtiness of sin again to, to come back? Yes, we need to be coming clean regularly to wash again in this baptismal regeneration, to wash again, remembering we've been baptized, forgiven through Jesus Christ. Wash again and again and again. May God so help you to do that. Before we close today, two practical things. If you're inspired to kill some vampire sins, would you consider group life at Amazing Love? That's what groups are all about. A good group working well is not holier-than-thou judging people. A good group of, of believers is ones who can you confess your sins, be held accountable, walk together with, and be supported. In September, we will relaunch and reboot our groups once again, so please, again, consider group life here at Amazing Love. The other thing, that if you're just joining us, if you're with us, if you're a believer, if you want to be renewed, how I'm going to close today is I'm going to say a prayer of repentance. I'm going to say a line, and I'm going to invite you to repeat after me. So if you are comfortable, as we close today, to join in a prayer of repentance as we just come clean before the Lord. So I invite you to pray with me to God. So repeat after me, Heavenly Father. You know exactly where I have failed you. It is not hidden. Today I come clean. I confess this sin to you and all my sins. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. I believe He died to set me free. I believe I am free indeed and stand in grace. Help me now to stride in the Spirit. Give me strength and peace.